0: Can you raise your hands? And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now. Can you sing that one more time like that? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. It was there by faith I received side and now I am happy all the day because he lives. I can face tomorrow oh why don't you raise your hands and tell him because All my fear is gone. All fear is gone. Give the Lord Jesus a hand this morning. Down from his glory, never living my God, my God, and Savior. Sing it now. Boom.
1: Sing it. Amen. And if I have to bust the windows, I'll sing it and I'll sing it. Let's sing it from the top. I want to go back to the
0: verse. Sounds good, sisters. And she, come on, lift it up. Let me hear you. Oh, born in a manger, born in a manger to his own, to his own, a stranger, a man of soul. Come on, raise your hands now. Sing it to the Lord. How I love Him. my Savior and all God's fullness dwell in sing a verse now second verse Lord come this bringing us bringing us hallelujah, God gracious, God gracious tender, he laid aside, laid aside his splendor, stupid to woo, oh, think about that.
1: up a praise offering to the Lord now oh we worship
0: you Lord Jesus, oh give him a good hand clap of praise, hallelujah
1: blessed be your name oh Lord Luther we're going to have you come up and take up the offering, I don't see any prayer requests up here uh, written down, maybe someone had something they didn't get time to write, you just want to raise your hand up and say here's my need represented by a hand say Lord I'm holding it up for you, I don't see any announcements, anything I'm forgetting, someone can text me Brother J.D., yes, it's Brother Jason and Sister Addie is sick this morning, and we want to remember them in prayer. Seems like there was Brother Mark Carter also not feeling well. We want to hold him up in prayer. And then we're going to want to say again, welcome to all of our visitors. we to have Sister Rachel, Brother Joseph, Canada, and then here with us. My aunt there, Jewel there in the back, and my aunt Connie, both of them, and my girl, man, I'm looking three twins right there, triplets. <laughs> all of y'all, I didn't see y'all. God bless y'all. Good to have y'all. Brother Jason, uh, DeMar's mom and dad here still with us. Anybody else I'm missing? Amen. Let's just hold those needs up one more time. If you have something, I don't want to forget that. Raise it up before the Lord. Hold that need up as Brother Luther prays over the tithes and offerings. I also
2: want to remember the Gonzales and the Bowmans are traveling today. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, Jesus. So many times I can look around, where would I be, Father, if you hadn't reached down your hand and found me, Lord? I'm so thankful for that, Father. And I pray for this congregation of believers today, those that are traveling, those that are sick. Father, we heard that Sunday school lesson. Do we come with sincerity and honesty this morning, believing that you will hear the cry of our hearts, Father. Lord, I would hate to think that I would be insincere and just throw words or thoughts towards your throne. But from my heart this morning, Father, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to commune with you, and I want you to commune with me, Father. I love you. I thank you for these requests of the hands that were lifted up, Father not in vain, but in faith, Father, believing and knowing because you hear me, because you bend down to hear my prayer, I will speak to thee. Thank you for your redemption work, Father. I just pray that you bless the tithes and offerings this morning, bless the greatest form of worship, Father. We need to hear from you. May our spirits be totally refreshed today. May we leave this building better Christians than when we came in. Bless your people. Bless the cheerful giver, Father. Bless those that are streaming. And I thank you that you bend down to hear us pray. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Sister Deborah's going to bless us with a special end. And Brother Joe, why don't we give her a hand? Amen. This morning. Amen. Amen. Brother Joe, if you'll come right after Sister Deborah, that'd be wonderful.
3: I see your sorrow, each step that you take.
4: what I think the worst thing you can do is not be thankful right. the Bible says in Romans the first chapter that for when they knew God they glorified him not as God and neither were thankful right. I don't want that to be attributed to me brother Bram said everything you do always stay positive right. let your testimony be positive no matter what's going on around you and I want to sing that song, I got so much to thank him for. I was talking to a fellow the other day. He said, oh, ain't God good? I said, he's better than I deserve. <laughs> oh, my. He said, yes, he is. Sing it deep. Well, when I look. Y'all help me sing it. Around and see the good things he does for me, I know. I'm unworthy of them all. For his blessing, he freely gives, I hold. My life to him, I've got so much to thank. Oh, oh, oh. i
1: him for. Why don't you give him another hand clap? But Thanksgiving to the Lord.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Amen. We've got so much to be thankful for, don't we, friends? Don't you feel that way? Amen. So much to thank him for. We want to thank him, Amen, for allowing us to be here in a church, Amen, that preaches the truth. Are you glad for that? Amen. Don't have to be afraid, not hurt anybody's feelings or step on anybody's toes. You got a church full of people that says, Lord, if you got to put it on, Lord, if you got to encourage me, rebuke me, challenge me, I'm right here. Amen. I want to hear it. We're going to invite our pastor to come now and sing this song. Let's go to Be Flat.
0: This is the air. This is my daily bread, your ve- singing now. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. My daily bread. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very, your very word spoken that's spoken. For you, oh Lord, and I oh I'm lost without you, I'm lost without you. Why don't you raise your hands and sing it now? Oh and I and I
5: have you all back after the Thanksgiving holiday. We've got a number of visitors today and a number of families out of town still on the Thanksgiving holiday traveling back. We want to remember them all in prayer. In fact, as I had a couple extra prayer requests just for that, amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Joseph, good to see you and Sister Rachel here today and uh, happy to have them. And uh, Sister um chastity sent uh, please remember us in prayer as we are driving back to Beaufort today also requesting prayer for Donna Marie Tyree she's breast cancer survivor and has just finished radiation they saw a spot on one of her lungs in a previous ct and are examining it again today they said it could be a scar from a past infection but please pray that it has gone Completely, We sure will do that. Amen. And we know that God heals cancer. Amen. We appreciate doctors. They are uh, God's mercy. Brother Branham said it was God's mercy to suffering humanity. Amen. Given to suffering humanity. But once it goes beyond the doctors, you remember Brother Jack gave his testimony when that guy hit Sister Kathy head on at high speed like that and um, pushed her engine all the way into the car. And the doctors told Brother Jack, he said, I give her a 5% chance to survive the night. So you're looking at 95% God. (laughs) Actually, you're looking at 100% God. Performing the other 95% that the doctors couldn't do. Brother Jack said, you do all you can and I'll trust the Lord God for the rest. Amen. And we've had many, many times where God has healed incurable diseases and spared us and redeemed us. Oh my, the greatest healing we ever had happened in our soul. The Lord never heals my body again. What he did in my soul. Amen. I'll never get sick there again. I've passed from death to life And that death can never come back into that area again. Happy to have my two aunts here today. (laughs) Amen. Brother Matt called them his aunts, but they're actually mine, which makes them his great aunts. (laughs) So I'll tell you, you always knew you were great. Now you've got proof. (laughs) Amen. So we're happy to have them all here today. I appreciate the Lord for giving Sister Mom her sisters here Amen. Been walking this way of the, of the gospel for many, many years. Amen. Been Christians a long time. Amen. No regrets, sisters? No regrets. Look at those three hands go up. No regrets. Amen. Praise the Lord. My, when you go that long and you, you still have no regrets. What a wonderful thing that is. Amen. Other visitors, God bless you. In the back here, different ones, God bless you. We're happy to have you. Any others that I'm overlooking, we you in the name of the Lord. Happy to have you in the house of God. There's Brother JD's parents still with us. Amen. So a number of people sick, we wanted to just pray for them. Brother Joe, good to see you out on a rainy day, buddy. God bless you. Amen. We're going to take up this request and the families that are driving and traveling Uh, coming home. We want the Lord just to give them perfect, safe passage. Amen. We're going to look in our Bibles before we pray in Revelation chapter 10. Amen. I want to, by the help of the Lord, continue today. I want to speak on the ministry of Malachi 4, part 2. Amen. praise the Lord. We're just going to read a very familiar verse, the very first one of chapter 10 and verse 1, Revelation chapter 10 verse 1. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. Now I want you to notice that there's some There's some notable things here, okay? He is, he is an angel. He's a mighty angel, all right? He did come down from heaven. He is clothed with a cloud, amen? There is a rainbow upon his head. Now watch the language switch. And his face was, as it were, the sun. Not that his face is the sun. It's as the sun. And his feet, not that they're pillars of fire, but they're as pillars of fire. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your divinely revealed truths today. Lord, I pray that you continue to help me to lay the foundation of this thought, Lord, as we are continuing from last week and we confess that we only got past the foundation or got... Into of the foundation. We'll carry on with that today. There's still a burden of my heart laying forward that I don't think I'll get to today, but that's all right. Lord, I, I feel I have exactly what you want to say today. So we commit it all to you. Lord, we're asking a special grace for the families traveling in. Lord, that you'll keep them safe. We're so happy that you bless them, allow them to go and visit family and Lord be away. And they're all coming home now Today. So a number of them, Lord, would you just watch over them, these uh, dangerous wet roads, I pray for your mercy and your blessing upon every every point of their journey. Lord, for this sister who, uh, our sister Chastity turns in this request, we thank you, Lord, for your blessing on this woman thus far. And we're asking for that, Lord, your continued and complete blessing upon her, that this will all end, Lord, redounding completely to your glory. We give you thanks for our visitors today, and we ask now that you be with us in a special way. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. So I, I managed last week to lay some foundation on a burden that's on my heart and uh, I was looking back over the notes as i was as I was probably the last third. We were able to kind of turn it um you know introspectively and that's always to me the value of the word the 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 preaching doesn't really come just to fill your head full of data all right i'm not here just to just to you know talk about all the advances in theology that we have because as we've said before the gospel this message <clears throat> which is the gospel restored didn't come to just fill up our heads with theology we you say well we we have superior theology here or there. wouldn't we naturally have that with the opening of the seals and the restoration of the word you would but you didn't do anything that was him <laughs> So come off your high horse and just say, thank God. that uh, Blessed are your eyes that see and your ears that hear. For many have desired and it wasn't granted. <clears throat> but we realize that, that God has indeed given us. And, but you know what, what is really important in the, in the understanding of deeper things of God is why God brought it to you. And I've already said, it's not just to increase your theological understanding. It's far more than that. It's it's actually to, because you are what you eat and the things you gaze at, you're transformed into, the Bible teaches us. So yes, uh, if God wants us to become the perfect image of Christ at the end time, which is what the prophecy said would happen for the bride. She would come perfectly into his image and that, the, and that would enable the capstone to have an, a, an invisible union and we have that. Then we realize then it's far more than just head knowledge. It's got to get down into the gears, down into the engine room and it's got to have some way to make the word live. It's not just restoring signs and wonders and powers and miracles. How about a power to be an overcomer? How about a power to have a simple life of prayer like Brother Caleb was ministering on today? How about a determination in in an impossible situation to say, I'm going to press on Regardless of how weird I become to the world, what an oddball! Doesn't matter. I'm going to press on because I'm—I've—I've I've been brought in to the to the vision of the Word of God. So it's for our edification. It's for correction. It's—it's it's, uh, you know—and you 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 want to think you know introspection is so good because uh, you know we don't just want to be camp stars. We don't just want to run from service to service, from meeting to meeting, and shout here and shout here and shout there, but we're only shouting at the meetings and everywhere in between, see, so so we want to apply the word down into our hearts, so as we looked at it last Sunday, we were really talking about a lot of things that thrill the bride, it just thrills us. And it's hard to, to, to keep calm, the stimulation from it. Stimulation, as Brother Brennan would say. Stimulation, amen, boy. Wow. Amen. So, But, but you know, it's not about just blowing it out the whistle. Amen. It's get that steam down into the gears and make this locomotive start going down the track. Amen. All right? So that's, that's what we want. So, you know, we were able then last week to hit a few things which were real burdens of my heart and uh, how that it it should have an effect in our lives. And it ought to just, as you've heard me say many times, the only difference between effect and effect is one letter. But the meaning is vastly different. You can come here and get thrilled in the word and be greatly affected. You'll cry tears and feel goosebumps and want to jump and run. But does it effect change? When you leave here, has change been effected in your life? I, I don't just want to be affected; I want to be effected by the word of God. That is my all-consuming, burning desire is to come into this image. Oh, my. It, it, uh, don't, don't take me into a, a seven-course meal, and, and it's so magnificent, and I'll lick my chops and tell me I, I can't really eat it. If, if I'm going to get to go see it, let me have a feast. And let me eat it. Let me assimilate it. We're not here to leave the same way. In fact, as you can't. That's the, that's both the blessing and the danger, uh, the curse, as it were. You say God would bless and curse. He sure would. He told Israel, made him walk between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and he put priest on this side on Mount Gerizim and put priest over here on Ebal and the children of Israel had to walk between those two mountains and these priests shouted blessings for keeping God's word and these priests shouted cursings for breaking his word and as the Israelites walked through there they had to hear it in stereo they had to go right through the middle of that and make up were you talking about being in the valley of decision so when you come here to the house of God to hear the word of God this isn't a place to play this isn't Disney World. This is, this is the valley of decision and people are gaining eternal life or forfeiting their own mercies. And that's why prophet said you can't leave the same. You will either leave improved, you'll leave better or you'll leave worse. You'll leave with a deficit. I'm, I don't want a deficit. I want to I wanna be a plus. I want to gain. Hallelujah. And the only way you gain, the only way, the only inescapable way is application. You must apply the word of God. Knowing is half the battle, but knowing is half the battle. (laughs) Amen. The other side is always application. Interestingly, when we come to this statement in our scripture, and, and so by the help of God today, I have two great burdens of introspection. I probably will only get to one of them today and we'll have to save the other one for next time the Lord willing. It's interesting because that when you see this term, and I saw another mighty angel. All right, so this term, another. Now, ironically, I, 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 when you read the theological, um, what, what will we call it? The, you know, the, 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 the agreed upon standard. Among theologians who read this passage that you read today, and you see that it says another mighty angel. And so we realize that that the we find that that their their problem, this great debate is over the identity of this angel, because you know some insist that it's Christ. All right? And, and, and there's a lot of good reasons for that, and even the theologians admit that. But in spite of all the evidence, and they, there's a litany. I could go down the bullet list today. I'm trying to save time. But just by the description alone, you can see that it's Christ. But in spite of all this evidence, the theologians remain unconvinced Amen. of something you so freely accept they remain, by and large, unconvinced. You'll find the ones here and there who suggest it could be, but overwhelmingly, they remain unconvinced. Because, And it all goes back to a Greek word. Because the, the Greek word for another, I saw another mighty angel. One meaning another of the same kind, and the second meaning another of a different kind. So if this angel were Jesus, one theologian Postulates: If this angel were Jesus Christ, he would certainly expect to find the second term used. For he would be an angel vastly different from this one blowing trumpets or any other angel in this book for that matter. So, so, it, so they would expect that if it's Jesus, it would have to say an angel of a different kind. But the, but the reason they remain unconvinced that it's Christ is because it uses the Greek word of the same kind. Another angel of the same kind. All right. And so, so he says here, he concludes that, that he is the uncreated, eternal, existing son of God. Yet John uses the word that means another of the same kind. So this, this is an angel, not Jesus Christ. And when I started reading that, I just sat back in my chair and I just thought, my goodness, what great things God has opened up to us that here I went. I told my wife. I said, "Here I am, with no formal training in theology. All my training is autodidactic, from a child just studying it myself, with no certifications. And yet, these men have committed their whole lives to years and years and years, yes and yes. <laughs> and yet, here I am, and I have a better understanding than they have, because this is this is this is the exact." misunderstanding that you would have when the mystery of the Godhead is not clear to you. So, so now you've got to get your mind wrapped around the fact today that understanding the Godhead is not just is he one, two, or three because every one of those human interpretations is an error. See, so he's not one like the oneness. He's not three like the Trinitarians. He's not two like two lords. See, but, but we do find out that the mystery is in expression because God has expressed himself and therefore his word and he are the same thing. This is just another expression of the same eternal God. See, so Jesus was just another expression. This angel, this, 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 is, this is the beauty of, of you understanding the mystery of the Godhead because to really understand what the seventh seal revealed is in the Godhead, you're a part of it. So now it's not one, two, or three. It's a whole church full. It's a whole nation full. It's a whole world full. This is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the great mystery that they miss out on. They haven't understood it since the days of Irenaeus. Brother Branham said that second messenger was the last one to have a clear understanding of the Godhead. And it wasn't restored until our day when it was prophesied to be. So now, so now when we look at the Godhead and we see the plan of redemption, just remember, it's, you say it's all about him. Well, she is him and he is her. And it's all one expression of God expressing itself down through age. That's why everybody in the Bible is all expressing one goal that God had in his mind before the foundation of the world. Oh my, no wonder it changes our lives because when we hear it, there's something inside of me that starts lining up to it. And there wasn't enough sin in this flesh to stop that from happening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no birth, no raising, no culture, no mistakes, no failures, not enough devils in hell to stop the inner man from saying amen to every word. The true God is known in expression. I mean, this is why Jesus could come in St. John 14 and in. In the 17th verse, speaking of the Spirit of truth, he says, For he dwelleth with you. He's standing there looking at him. The Spirit of, oh Lord, we need the Spirit of truth. Yeah, he's right here. Where's he at? He's dwelling with you. Where? Hello? He's right here. You know, he, he holds up a coin and he says, Whose image and superscription is this? And they said, oh, that's Caesar. So here they could see the image of Caesar and they couldn't see the image of God. Looking right at them. So he says, the spirit of truth, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He comes down to the 18th verse. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 20, at that day you shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. And he goes on, three verses later, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This is all about a family, friends. This is all about God expressing himself. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's Christ living through you, in you, by a new birth experience. So a sad misunderstanding of the church is a beautiful reality for the followers of the last day message. And that reality is that of course this angel, of course this angel would be another of the same kind because it's the same God that John saw in chapter 1 seated on the throne it's the same one Daniel saw as the ancient of days. It's the same one living in and through a bride, making her part of God's Godhead. This is why he descended in a cloud that we read in, in 10 verse, chapter 10, verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud See, this is a living cloud. You find these references. Give me, uh, Matt, give me, um, or uh, whoever's running there, give me Leviticus 16.2. Let's look at three, a few places. Leviticus 16.2, and the Lord said unto Moses, speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times in the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. Look at it. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Daniel chapter 7. All right, Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. Look at this. These are living clouds. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, it's not hard to tell who this is talking about, and that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, look at it, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, his kingdom, you don't have a kingdom unless you've got subjects, hallelujah. This is the ever increasing kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, the kingdoms of this earth have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, not two lords, but Christ and his entire family since Genesis to now. from Genesis to Revelation. That's the kingdom, friends, that will never know an end. If you're looking to live forever, you need to be a part of that kingdom. Hebrews 12. Here's another one. Hebrews 12, verse one. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. See, now look at, the, look at the responsibility you take on when you realize that the mighty angel descended clothed with a cloud. Because you're looking at Christ identified in his body. That's the whole, that's the whole descending purpose. He didn't descend to give you more knowledge. He descended down to become you and you become him and that's the hour we have arrived at. Because that's true. Then let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So it's an admonition. If you would do it automatically, Paul wouldn't have needed to say it. This is a, this is a, A kick in the pants, as they say, to 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 bust up complacency. This is this is an inoculation against the Laodicean flu. I'm here to tell you, COVID is a is a is a kindergarten compared to the Laodicea flu. This is under the seventh vial that got released onto men's minds, and it's driving insanity of the world. But there's a cure, (laughs) there's a remedy. There's an inoculation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us lay aside every weight. Since he came in a cloud, since that represents a family, since you're part of that family, then let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us. People choose it or they don't. People that believe the message of the hour, not no kidding, they don't, have, they don't fake believe it, they really do. Still don't lay aside every weight. You're talking about a travesty. Uh, You're talking about an injustice against God. To have come down and descended down in His living Word and brought you into it and pulled you into the mystery and made you a part of the mystery. And now, this one, this mystery that wanted to have fellowship with you all alone, the mystery was never doctrine, the mystery wanted fellowship. Oh, my. And to have that happen to you and you're a, you're a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of humanity and then you won't lay aside every weight and sin that beset you and run. Don't walk, skip, hop, run. The race that is set before us, it's sad. It's what, you want to talk about what, what takes sleep at what? takes my sleep away at night is people who I know love God and believe this word but won't do that won't do that don't let me don't let me get sidetracked so it all spoke of God in a form connected to humanity just as the rainbow he had a rainbow about his head that means a covenant brother I'm saying he's a covenant angel and a prophet would go right to the Chinese launderman. And he said, you go in there, you write your name on a piece of paper and he rips it right down where you wrote. And then he holds the upper half with the upper half of your name and you've got the bottom half with your name. And when you bring them back, you can't just match the paper, the letters have to match. You've got the, the same Jesus in the beginning has to be the same Jesus in the end. It can't change, hallelujah. The, the, he's a covenant he's coming down with the upper half you've got the lower half Amen. hallelujah you're the party's he's coming down to to match that Mr. Jesus and Mrs. Jesus are the same hallelujah his feet are the same pillars of fire because, because it's God divided into his family now he didn't say his feet were the was the pillar of fire he said it was pillars because in the upper room at at, at, in the upper room in jerusalem he divided himself into his church and pillars of fire cloven tongues of fire rested upon all of those hallelujah so that you understand when you read Revelation 10, 1, we, we, you understand that this is, this is, you're looking at the imagery of God coming as a kingdom, a kingdom of saints, Christ and his bride. Amen. Amen. His body, the true church, the bride of Christ. No wonder, no wonder it didn't say in the Greek another of a different kind because she is him she's the same as him. Hebrews 13:8 shows us that. That's how she's the same as him. She's not literally him, she's the same as him. She's life of his life, word of his word. See, that's expression. So so my children are the expression of me. They're bone of my bone, cell of my cell. See? So so when he appears here in Revelation 10:1, he comes not as the nail-scarred man, not seen in the earth until Revelation 19. See? He doesn't come as the nail-scarred man that the world is looking for. They finally see that in Revelation 19, but here in Revelation 10, he comes in the form of his word, and by his spirit, he's invisibly united as one in his bride on the earth at the end time. That's prophecy. So what's happened to us isn't something we made up. It's not something William Branham invented. This is just God sending a messenger with a prophecy to say, now's the time this is going to happen. It's an invisible union. It's invisible to the unregenerate world. To theologians, he's an impenetrable mystery. They only see him as the nail-scarred Nazarene. Now, it's not an invisible display. I want to make that clear. It's not an You're supposed to have it on display. You understand? Let this mind which was in Christ be in you. Let it work through you. See? As we already read, lay aside every weight and sin that keeps you from displaying it. Because it's not supposed to be an invisible display. See? It's, it's not an invisible uh, display, but an invisible understanding of how it works. That's what the world don't understand. How, how do we see the word uh, needed for a rapture beyond the, the saved Christians, unwise virgins, saved Christian saints, saints, righteous? How, how, how is it that we see the word needed for a rapture beyond those saved Christians who miss it and end up in a tribulation period? There is only one viable answer. The gene of God in election. They don't see the mystery of the mighty God unveiled multiplied in the form of his family. They don't, they, 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 they you know, we, we become more and more of an oddball. How do we, how, why are we going so much further away from being politically correct. And every day we get further away from it. I I'm just, I'm just want to remind the world. I, I, he didn't change. I don't change. His word don't change. If if there's distance coming between me and the world, it's because the world's backsliding and I ain't going. I ain't going. I'm moving on up. Hallelujah. I'm going up higher. I'm not even looking. I don't this world is not my home. I'm it will be. But it's not my home now. Hallelujah. So the word made flesh in the earth. Again, this is the mystery of the Son of Man. This is the final voice to the final age. In fact, the only version of Jesus the world will see before the end. They look to see him. They won't. This is the bride form of his word made flesh, invisibly united to Christ. She, the same as him, is the only form of Christ they will see before it's too late. So, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was about his head. His face was as it were the sun. How beautiful. His face was as it were the sun. Now, watch this. Because Brother Brandon reminds us how that they had to put a veil over the face of Moses. Because they couldn't, the, the, the glory was just too much. They couldn't gaze at it, see. And so, and, and then Jesus, when, when Jesus was transfigured, he, he glistened. He was transfigured right before them and his, his, whole, his whole body looked like the blazing sun. So it shouldn't surprise us. When Moses was like that and Jesus was like that, and I say to you that he descended down in the image of, it, of Christ and his family united, it shouldn't surprise you that his face is as it were the sun, no more than pillars of fire or clothed in a cloud or have a rainbow about his head. My, so it's all like the other notable descriptions. It's all God manifesting in his family. clicking along faster than I'd expected, so maybe we'll, we will get to. We'll see. Now, I want to approach, you know, my, my first burden. Brother Branham says in the message, A Hidden Life, I love that sermon. He said, and a voice out of a cloud said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Set him upon a mountain, put the witness there to see witnesses there to see it. Remember Peter, James, and John. Witnesses there to see it. Clothed him in a robe as bright as the sun shining. They even shine like the sun in its strength. Amen. And God spoke out. And said, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Now this is gonna turn a corner and it's gonna hit you square between the eyes. This is about adoption of the whole this you're looking at the process for adopting the whole family. This is what's going to this is the same process that you're gonna have to go through and to to operate the prophecy that God has for you to operate. So he says, this is my beloved son, hear you him, set upon a mountain, put the witnesses there to see it, clothed him with a robe as bright as the sun shining. They even shine like the sun in its strength. God spoke out, this is my beloved son, hear you him. God adopted his own child into the family. Hear me no longer, but this is my son who takes over from here. One place, Because when he come to the water, he didn't say that. He said, my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. And that was it. all he said. But now Jesus has went to the wilderness and he's overcome the temptations of the enemy. Now he's come out. Now he's started in his ministry. Now he's proving himself faithful. Now, you know what he's done? He's been willing to lay aside the weights and sins of the world pressing upon him. Say, but he wasn't born in sin, right? But in every way, he was tempted just like you and me but he would steal away in prayer. He would talk to the Father. He spent his life in dedication. That made him an overcomer. And now he comes up on the mountain of transfiguration and the voice repeats, this is my beloved son. He's never gonna be disqualified and neither will you be disqualified. Hallelujah. Says the same thing, this is my beloved son, but now he adds an addendum, hear ye him. This is adoption. Why'd you say that's pretty strong? Watch what he says. God adopted his own child in the family. Hear me no longer, but this is my son who takes over from here. Brother Branham said in another place, I think it was uh, the the, uh, statue of perfect man. He said, in other words, God said, I will sit down now. His words are spirit and life. So he adopted his child into his own family. Hear me no longer, but this is my son who takes over from here. Amen. That adoption is near the time in parable of the church. It's time for that. So now he brought it right around. You're standing here like like Peter, James, and John, and you're looking at all this, and suddenly the word turns and says, but now that time is on you. Now you're the one gonna go forward with my word. You're going to be the one who now lays aside every weight and sin. You're going to be the one who lets the mind which was in Christ be in you. Yeah. The adoption is near the time in parable of the church. It's time for that. He said in the message Shalom speaking of the darkness on the last age. When we see darkness settling and boy 1964, would to God we could have that kindergarten day again as far as darkness is concerned. I appreciate all the advances like anybody, but boy, I sure don't appreciate the overspreading of abomination. I sure don't appreciate the darkness that's times a thousand. See, when we see the darkness settling, darkness just before day, We know, I'm so glad, we know that the morning star is hanging yonder to introduce the coming sun. So this was God's remedy to the darkness. The burgeoning darkness was the ministry of the day star. You understand, the ministry, God was saying, I'm going to send you, I'm going to have you here in an impossible time. I'm even going to finish up with my prophet. I'm going to take him home. And you're going to go all the way to 77 and beyond. A time so dark a prophet couldn't even see and thought nobody could survive it. You're gonna go to 87 and 97 and 07 and 17, and here we are today coming to the end of 22. And it's more, it's it's so in dark, it's impossibly dark. It's impossibly dark, but here's the the ministry of the morning star to do what it's you're, you're 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 the final voice to the final age because it's. It's that's when the morning star shines. Bad news. It had to be this evil for you to shine. And the way this works, the way the machinery works, this thing's geared, is it's got to get worse and worse for you to get brighter and brighter. Say, Lord, I want to run. There's nowhere to run. As I've said to you before, there's no way out but up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no way out but up. You might as well fight. You might as well buckle down. You might as well take it seriously because you ain't getting out of here. Hallelujah. It's going, it's the going in between. So, you know, I I, I don't want to take the time to, to read about it or even I was, I was going to put up the pictures but it would sidetrack me and I'm not really preaching about that. I, I found a curious thing that never I never caught before and Brother Brandon preached um, modern events made clear by prophecy. Brother Branham really didn't talk about the politics and the political, you know, he, there was times we talked about, you know, what's going on in, in Khrushchev and Castro and Washington and Eisenhower and this one and that one and the Rome and the Vatican and, you know, what's happening. But, but in, in, in this epic sermon, modern events made clear in prophecy one of his last sermons. He says to that audience, if I never see you again, and he never would. He's days away from going home. And in there, what he took up was the the religious world in prophecy. And he showed in the Bible everything that the modern Christian church was to be and said, now look out, you see it, right? It's described. It's all tables full of vomit. It's harlot daughters following a whore system. That's scripture words, not me. Don't 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 cancel me. <laughs> I'm only quoting your scripture words. She was a harlot. She was a whore. And she had harlot daughters, and they meet under names of blasphemy. See, so so we so we find out then that that we come to this time, and and so I'm not here to really talk about. I don't really have to come up here and be a news reporter. Thank God. I don't have to be a news reporter because you see the same filth that I see. And I I was just looking at at two particular articles and I only used these two, I could have used 200. Because every day you open the news, there's five more that you cannot believe is happening. And 10 years ago only, it would have been unthinkable. One is a California early childhood teacher She's, she's teaching preschoolers. She, teacher admits to using what she calls a gender unicorn to instruct three and four-year-olds on sexual attraction. And the teacher's union is supporting her. I've said for years, public schools are no place for a child of God and their children. There's too many other alternatives that, that are out there available to you. Three and four-year-olds, she uses this gender unicorn I, it, and she's got, I don't even want to describe it. It's obscene. It's vulgar, nasty, filthy. And, and her herself, a transsexual, a, a transgender who had the, who had the, the change. You don't really change, you just get surgery for nothing. Now this is what they're teaching, how they're teaching preschoolers on sexual attraction so that they understand that if a, a little boy feels like he likes another little boy, then at three and four years old, he can get instructed how that he's probably homosexual and his parents can get counseling on how to nurture him. You say, Brother Jason, that, is, that makes me cringe. Yeah, it does. But it's, here's, here's the sad part. I'm only reading you headlines. I'm only reading you headlines. The world has become so desensitized to this. Another young girl, she says, here's the headline. My high school punished me, and they did. They suspended her and, and wanted to make her go to counseling. My high school punished me, for saying male students shouldn't be allowed to watch me undress in my locker room. She's 14. And there's boys who woke up on Monday and said, I think I'm a girl. And now they get to go in to the locker rooms of the girls at 14. Send your kids to those hell holes if you want, but I'm gonna tell you what. It is, it, is, it is one of the most highest forms of child abuse known to God and man. Now I'm so grossed out, I want to move on. I want to say this. So now that's a modern event made clear in prophecy. This book said that would happen and it's happening. I was sitting in a barber shop. Where I've been going for years, and conversation come up, and I just and and you know Jim, he has great respect for me, not as much as I'd like for him to have all the time, but but he, he's he's got a good heart, and I I don't hesitate to talk to him and witness to him, and it do not matter if there's four or five guys in there, I'll start talking about the Lord, Amen. and they all they all know I'm a sheriff's department chaplain and a pastor, and they, so there's like okay, the pastor's going to start preaching, and <laughs> I do. <laughs> And 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 because I just wait for the conversation to come up about you know the craziness in the world, and that's my little open door, <laughs> to say look there's not it doesn't matter name, just name pick up a topic doesn't matter which one you want you want to talk about religion you want to talk about politics you want to talk about the environment you want to talk about science and education technology you want to talk about social fabrics you want to talk about social trends you want to talk about whatever uh, war uh, threat monetary system doesn't matter I will take you in this bo- in this book and I will show you that every. Everything you're questioning was supposed to be exactly what you see. And just pick a topic, any topic, I don't care. We can prove it. God knew it would be this impossible. I'm here to tell you something, friends. As I was saying to you earlier, you better pick up your sword and fight because nobody's getting out of here alive. Absolutely nobody. Those who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will have to actually be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And you know something? That'll have to start with a spiritual death first. Nobody's getting out of here alive. You're gonna have to die one way or another. I just say, Lord God, take my life and give me Jesus. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Bible doesn't even say that Enoch journeyed to heaven. It says he was found not because God translated him. See, God just took him. He didn't walk off to heaven. God took him. My, but he had this testimony that he pleased God. I just said, take my life, Lord. May I be pleasing That's God, friends, everything I'm preaching today is that sentence, take my life, Lord, that I can be pleasing the same way you took Enoch. Take me, hallelujah, change my heart, oh God. Transform me by the word. Let the love of God burn in my heart. Is that really your desire today, friends? Say, let the love of God burn in my heart, oh God. Hallelujah, Brother Adam goes on in Shalom. It's always darkest just, before, just a few minutes before day. The blackout comes. The moon fails to shine. The darkest day, the darkest before day is because the light is pressing the darkness. Isn't that interesting? We know that's true. Hunters know that. But the morning star comes out and says, Good morning. Peace. Shalom, Lord, of the world, good morning, but Lord, of the sin, and, and it's crazy, and if you only knew, peace, shalom, good morning, it's all, it's all good, I'm in control, hallelujah, good morning, shalom, arise, shine, for the light has come to you, I love how a prophet amplifies that, the light has come to you. Arise, shine. The light has come to you. It could have went to anyone else. It came to you. Say I don't feel worthy. It came to you. I don't know how this happened. I neither do I, but it came to me. It came to you. Hallelujah. The light vindicated again God's word, soul that you can see God manifested in his promise of the light of the day. That's why it did it. It vindicated, light vindicated again God's word so that you can see God manifested in his promise of the light of the day or the word given to this age. See, these promises that's made for this day, these promises that was said by the prophets and by Jesus himself in this day, God in sundry times, Hebrews 1, we all know it. Give me Hebrews chapter one, G. Hebrews chapter one and verse one. This is very familiar reading to us. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. All right. In other words, God who at sundry times, God who at different times. The Holman reads it, God who at different times, at God singular, who at different times and in different ways spake in time past. Unto the fathers by the prophet. So it didn't matter if it was Jehovah talking to Abraham or Jesus talking to Matthew. It didn't matter if it was if it was Christ talking to, to, to the devil in the wilderness or he's talking to Paul, saying, Paul, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And it's the same God when Paul says to you, let this mind, which was in Christ, the one that's come in me, now let it come in you. It came from him, it came to me, now I'm giving it to you. And that's what a prophet had happened to him in this day under a restoration. The spiritual pattern is always in that kind of a promise. See, that, that's, that's really you're looking at, in Hebrews 1, 1, you're looking at a pattern. Dr. Zodiates uses this word sundry, meaning many parts. God, who in sundry times. Zodiates says it like this sundry, many parts, incremental and progressive manner in which God disclosed himself up until the appearance of the sun. It was fragmentary, piece by piece. So the one God expressed himself through the Old Testament in incremental, in a progressive manner all the way up until Jesus was the embodiment of all of the progressions, of all of the increments. Now, listen, friends, the beauty of that is is there's not one, not one in that Old Testament who lived their increment perfectly, (laughs) Not one of them. Abraham doubted, ran off to Egypt, backslid. Moses got angry, lost his temper, and smoked Christ twice. David lied, killed, and committed adultery. I mean, come on, friend, look at and don't let's not even talk about Solomon or Jacob. My goodness, but do you realize that when Jesus came, the fulfillment, all those increments became perfected? And when he arose, they arose. Hallelujah. Do you, do you have that same hope for yourself coming up to the end time? Say, so I not, might not be living my part outright, but when he comes, I'll be like him. Hallelujah. So, a prophet was sent in our day to gather up to do what? To do what? To repair all the many parts of the word that had been skewed that had been violated and fractured and split and shifted and torn and reversed and flipped all the parts of the of Christ what it meant for Christ to be living in you the hope of glory and for 2000 years all the parts got skewed around by denominational ideas so 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 down through the ages, listen, it wasn't wasn't the scriptures that varied. It was the interpretation varied in the lives of the church. Luther saw to it, Swingley, Knox, Calvin, uh, Huss, they saw to it that the word, nobody could change the word. They got a hold of it and, and, and sometimes lost their life making sure you got an accurate Bible. It was never the word that got skewed, but not the scriptures, but the interpretation of the scriptures in the lives of the people. And that's what he restored. A prophet came back to bring back the right interpretation. And the only way that could happen is to unlock all the mysteries and fix all of the doctrine and fix all of the teaching so that then a bride could eat thoroughbred food and become a thoroughbred bride. Hallelujah. Their standards varied, mostly backsliding in the church. And that was from the top down. And thus the power of God declined. It had to. So a great promise of God is that at the end time, he would restore the original word to restore the original interpretation. He would have ladies again. And right in a time when coming up under the fifth trumpet, they, they started to decline. And, 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 and coming right into the turn of the century and, and the woes are about to start and the, the fifth trumpet and the fifth vial and then it's gonna, from there it's gonna go to the sixth to bring on World War II and the whole thing is, is moving in prophecy. And, we, and women come in in 1912 for the first time and start bobbing their hair. It was never done in the Christian church. Women died because they wouldn't cut their hair. And so, and, and the Bible says that, that, well, those scorpions came out and the, the lid was torn from hell, and, the, and, 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 and an angel descends from heaven that, that has the key to the bottomless pit. And Brother Renam ties that right back to Isaiah 14 How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So we can see who was given the key, we can see who unlocked the bottomless pit. And Satan is now given some more extra power to start bringing on the end time. Hallelujah. And says that they got stings and they'll torment the women. They got long hair. Brother Branham said like one preacher said to him, he, he was looking at these long haired boys and he, and he said an old time preacher, old Pentecostal preacher where they really knew how a boy ought to look and how a lady ought to look. And he said, an old timer stepped up to him and said, Brother Billy said he's got hair like women should have. Brother Branham was greatly appreciating that statement. And said, those scorpions came out, had stings in the tails, and they tormented the women. Brother Branham said, tormented. They had hair long like a woman to torment the women who had cut theirs off. And that started in 1912. And World War I starts in 1914. And that's the first woe. And that, that now you're in Revelation 7. Now you've got an angel ascending out of the east with the seal of the living God. That's Christ, of course. Holy Ghost is the only one that can give you the seal. And he's saying, hold up, stop everything. And they stopped World War I mysteriously because I've got to seal the rest of my servants. You can't run ahead. This whole thing's got to run in sync. The politics, the religion, the chaos, the blackness, the message, the messenger, the people. Uh, I've got to be able to separate. It's got to go all down through history and I've got to keep this thing in a rhythm. This is like a symphony. Hallelujah. Oh my, and there's going to be a people who've marched to the step of the gospel. And it tormented those women. So how did it torment them? Because in just two, 24 months after they started bobbing their hair, they're going to lose husbands and sons by the millions. They're going to lose husbands and sons. It came to torment the women who cut theirs off. And this message come to restore back what a real lady is and what a real man is and a real character is. Hallelujah, friends. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And we stand for it here. Hallelujah. You you, you, men, young and old and everything in between, don't walk around with worldly kind of hairstyles. Look like a decent son of God. And you sisters, let your hair grow. Stop cutting it off. It's your glory. God gave it to you. Stop chasing after the fashions of this world. It's going to ash and cinder this is not your destiny your destiny is to ascend hallelujah and they started putting on garments that pertained to a man and men started carousing and smoking and cursing and drinking socially and brother Branham was pleading with those Pentecostals he said your founders never did that they never, they never lived. Bosworth never did that. Wigglesworth never did that. Arthur Pink never did that. These people stood for holiness. Amen. And Pentecost had two options. They had two options. Either be restored or kick him out. I don't think I need to tell you which one they chose. See, this was a restoration of the living word. And and it was going to be alive and living in saints with the same power, the same signs, the same overcoming life. This, this is what would restore Shalom. This is what will give you the peace that passes understanding. Is when you allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. You want peace? You want shalom? Let the word dwell in you richly. Let it, permit it, allow it. God won't force it on you. Amen. See? It would bring a, this, this, this much, this restoration of God's family into his very image. That, that it, it was so much in his image that a prophet would actually call it the bride coming of Christ. Amen. Boy, that's a mouthful. It would bring a whole new understanding of what the rapture would even be and how it would unfold in stages only culminating in the saints resurrecting and bodies being changed. The beautiful secret of the rapture that everybody's waiting for, that's only the last phase. That's the finishing move. The rapture gathered a bride. It's already on right now. Hallelujah. This end time word came to do what? To totally finish and complete redemption for the Gentile church before they see him in Revelation 19 when it's too late. Now, let me carry on with my theme. I'm gonna, I'm out of time. I'm gonna take five or seven more minutes. Because as I said to you, we, you know, I'm not here today just to wow you with theology, you know. We 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 of course, we have some new ones here. You know, Sister Evelyn has been sojourning with us for a while. Uh, we've had Brother Chris St. John coming back, and he's got a lot of questions. And 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 we've got and we've got our growing youth who are growing, who need to know these things, who need to know these things. Come on, let me tell you something, parents. I'm going to need your help for sure. I can't teach them everything they get coming here for an hour and a half to hear me wave and scream and jump. I'm going to need your help and it ain't going to do you much good to say it if you're not living it. Amen. Not to mention we have an internet audience and that's our outreach, but but, but, but that's, so that's not really my theme today. I'm not really here. I'm only laying foundation for my theme that I've, I'm kind of already on it. But all all of the different correlations in scripture, these are things you know. They were well taught in these things. We rejoice over them. But as Brother Branham said, this is the the time of adoption where this this parable's now gotta be in you. See? And this is my real first burden of the word today. Brother Branham says here in the Patmos vision, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now the word's made flesh in his church, dwelling among us. His angels in his hand, ministering. God, you hear me? God is depending upon his church. God is relying on us of this age to bring this gospel light to a dying, heathen-bound, traditional world. God is laying the burden on me and you. All I can do is accept for me. Will you accept for you? How many are here today who will say, count me in. I will take up that burden. Joette says, Joette makes this statement, brilliant statement. He says, evil Now listen, I'm going to read you this and I'm going to make a few comments and we're going to hit pause and I'll finish it next time. Still got you? You didn't take off and go to Walmart on me or anything, did you? You still here? All right. Evil never surrenders its hold without a sore fight. Let that soak. This is a managed thinker, brilliant brother. Evil, here's his years of experience in busting heads with devils. Evil never surrenders its hold without a sore fight. This is a warrior come back from the battlefield to tell you this. We never pass into any spiritual inheritance through the delightful exercises of a picnic. But always, not most of the time, Joette says, but always through the grim contentions of the battlefield. It is, no seek, it, it, is so, it is so in the secret realm of the soul. Every faculty which wins its spiritual freedom. I got a bunch of those that I need to win spiritual freedom. Oh, brother Caleb was talking about, you know, your memory, your re- or Matthew memory, reason, affection, conscious imagination, your sight, your 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 smell, your touch, your taste, your hearing. All of these things that make up your flesh, those 10 inlets and outlets. That's how Satan finds access to you and poisons you. See? So he says, this is how the secret realm of the soul, every faculty which wins its spiritual freedom. You want to win? Amen. Every, every faculty which wins its spiritual freedom does so at the price of blood. Apollyon is not put to flight by a courteous request. <laughs> I thought, preach, brother. Oh, my goodness. Apollyon is not put to flight by a courteous request. He straddles across the full breadth of the way. That's the way forward. And our progress has to be registered in blood and tears. This we must remember. Everybody say must. Must. This we must remember or we shall add to all the other burdens of life, as if we don't already have a bunch. We shall add to all the other burdens of life the gall of misinterpretation. We are not born again into soft and protected nurseries. But in the open country where we suck strength from the very terror of the tempest, we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. That brother has summed up the great burden of my life and the burden that I have in this thought. I thought to myself when I read that, I thought, what great servant of God. Now, you just come with me. I'm, I'm winding down, all right? I'm probably finished screaming. <laughs> what great servant, ask yourself with me. What great servant of God was ever able to do exploits in the power of the Holy Ghost who did not first reach that event through the rigors required for a spiritual life and operational power. I'm tired of reading about power. I want operational power. I want operational status. Hallelujah. The people of the last day who know their God will do great exploits. I'm not interested in just hearing about power. I want operational status. Hallelujah. Not one of them you could name in the Bible achieve that. Did Jesus? No one suffered like him. Did any of the apostles? Did, you know, let's, let's talk about the big boys. Peter, James, John, St. Paul. Do you think they achieved operational power? Do you think they achieved overcoming because they went to a picnic? Or because they blended in with the world? Hallelujah, they were hated and killed because they wouldn't have anything to do with the world. What about the lesser vessels? What about people like Stephen? What about people like Philip? Hey, you don't read a whole lot about them, but they were mighty men of valor. What about the house of Cornelius? Just a gallant man assembling a people in his house. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. What about the Corneliuses? What about Bethlehem? To follow. Give me 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Amen. You gotta realize Brother Jason will jump you. you gotta be ready. There you go. Second Corinthians 10, unless you're willing to do that. You can forget operational status. Unless you're willing to cast down imaginations and there has never been a day where there were more vain imaginations to cast down. And every, every, un, every imaginable and unimaginable way that the devil tries to get at you and infect your mind, he'll come right in and try to entice you sitting in church. He'll try to entice you playing a tape. He'll try to entice you reading your Bible. He's not afraid of that. He, he doesn't care if you go to church. He doesn't care how religious you are. Brother Ram said he doesn't even care how right you are in your doctrine because he knows a great military secret. He knows that if you miss the new birth, you won't come up anyway and he'll still win. Unless you're willing to follow 2 Corinthians ten five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you something, friends. you need to have a sure and steadfast revelation given to you by Jesus Christ that this message is the rapture message and there's no there 's no wiggle room in that there 's no questioning that If you want to have rapturing faith you 're going to have to have a rapturing word. And if you want a rapturing word, you're going to have to talk about a prophet. I'm sorry that that offends the world, but he only gives that kind of revelation to his prophets. And it can't be somebody who just says they are. It's got to be vindicated. Colossians 3, 17, Josh. You've got to be willing to do this, friends. If you're not willing to do what Paul is saying here, you're never going to know operational status. Colossians 3.17. Amen. Amen. Told you to be ready. Amen. Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed. It's amazing how many deeds and words. How many deeds we do that you really can't say in the name of Jesus. And how many words escape your mouth. To each other, to your spouse, to your children, to your neighbor, to your boss, to your teacher. If you can't say it in the name of Jesus Christ, don't say it. If you can't do it in word or deed, if you can't do that and pronounce the name of Jesus upon it, Paul is saying, don't do that. How would this even be possible without restoration in an age of total apostasy. Friends, an age of mankind walking in the blindness prophesied in Isaiah 60, locked down under 2,000 years of failed religious traditions. The same pattern Paul warned about in the early church, wolves coming in after his departure, devouring the flock. We've sure seen that in the six decades since a prophet, since a prophet went home. We've seen wolves, same pattern, wolves coming in, trying to divide and separate. Don't have anything to do with it. Stay in love with Christ. Stay in love with his word. Hallelujah. Great movements in the ages of the church began, we know that, by history, by gallant warriors of the faith, only to see them devolve into shameful organizations, built on creeds and ideas of fallen angels after the departure of the original founder that is historically incontrovertible Amen. i challenge you to point to me a church that 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 began that didn't begin under great men of god down through the ages all the way up from the reformation of luther through wesley through the azusa revivalist through that and what they call the pentecostal movement all the way up through everything and they started with gallant men who stood for the word of God and didn't compromise on nothing. And today, the Bible describes them correctly. They're full of vomit. Their tables are filled with vomit and their people know no more about God than, than, than as Brother Branham would say in his homespun way, than a rabbit would know about snowshoes. God is laying the burden on you and me to shine the illuminating light of the restored pure word and original faith of our fathers. My fathers were the apostles. The whole church is built on the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is not only the cornerstone, he's the headstone. Hallelujah. And he's building an overcoming church. How many want to be part of an overcoming church? Amen. Let's stand to our feet, friends. That's as far as I can get today. Amen. Whole nother burden I couldn't even scratch. Amen. <clears throat> Come, Brother Matt, bring your team and amen. Let's let's bow our heads over the building. I wonder if just before we sing and let you go out the door, I promise you that sinful world will be waiting on you. You don't gotta worry. It ain't going nowhere. Let's linger a few minutes here in the presence of God. Bow your heads with me all over the building and just play something as you choose, son. Father, I thank you, first of all, <clears throat> that I was able to get to this concluding point today. Right at the point of my notes where I drew a line and said, from here on, it'll be part three. And you hit it right on the head. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. We stand by what we've said today. We believe we can prove it by the Bible. I can prove it in history. I can prove it, Lord. And, but Father, I, I, I rather suppose that everybody under the sound of my voice today that was live in this building or out across the internet in our outreach or, 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 or listening on archive, I don't think any reasonable person could deny the points that were made today. It's just too clear. It's too incontrovertible. It's too unchallengeable in the scriptures. Lord, we love you for this great word that you've given us this day. Help us, Lord God. Oh, let me lift up both my hands. Let me be like Christ. Let me be like that word. I desire that, Lord, more than anything. I see myself so far from it yet, striving daily, trying to come to that image. Oh, I'm relying on you, Lord. I'm relying on you. I'm looking to that shalom. I'm looking to that morning star. Oh, help us today, Lord God. I pray you'll give a special grace to the hearers of the word today. There's no doubt. I'm completely positive. Some heard things they'd never heard it like that before. Lord, may they they just take it in prayer and go back and talk it over with you, Lord. I'm sure you'll confirm your word. You always do. I ask, Lord God, for humble hearts today, young and old, married and single, from near and far, Lord. May we, I I think the word had our number today and I think we need to own it. I challenge these young people to own it. I challenge them to shine like the morning star. I challenge them to be a light in this last closing. These young people, fill them full of the Holy Spirit. May they take a stand, a brave stand on your word. May they refuse to compromise and take the way with the Lord's despised few. May the parents, Lord, look inwardly. May we repurpose and double down on our efforts to have our home token applied. Have our lives under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, our words, our deeds, everything. Our time, Lord, our whatever we, whatever makes up our functions of our lifestyle. May it all, these imaginations must be cast down and accepting of your word is is unavoidable. Nobody's getting out of here alive, Lord. Nobody. You're either gonna have to die physically in a tribulation or you're gonna have to die spiritually and escape a tribulation and a rapture. Those are your choices, but death must come. Lord, one of these days the saints are going to raise from the ground and we which are alive and remain are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We long for that day, Lord. We look forward to it. Make us loyal. Keep us true. Help us, Lord God, as we go forward. We give it into your hands, Father. In the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's sing, man. Hallelujah.
0: Lord, that's the way it's got to be. Oh Lift it up now I need more of you till there's no room left in me. All those wasted. wasted Hours and minutes. Oh, there's a bunch of them. They're yours now, now, Lord. From the start to the finish. I need need more of you in me. Not beautiful. I need more
5: of you. Oh, lift up those voices, friends.
0: Lord that's the way it's, it's got, got to, be. to be That's the way it's got to be I need more, more of more, you glory, until, until there's no room, no room left in me All those wasted all those wasted hours, hours, hours and minutes, and minutes. There you are. They're yours now. Right now. From the start to the finish. I need more
5: of you. Oh, that's beautiful, friends. My, you're singing good. In me. Keep it going now. Lift up those beautiful voices.
0: You're all. Just to hear you say, I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Nothing
5: else could take your place.
0: Because nothing else can take your place. Is that how you feel,
5: friends? from the bottom of your heart
0: to feel the warmth of your
5: embrace say help me
0: help me Lord help me find the way bring me back to you oh here we go you're